Good morning, Christ Fellowship. Buenos dias. I'm so excited that all of you are here with us. And for those of you that are watching through our live stream, we thank you for tuning in. And we encourage you to also comment and be a part of the service the same way we comment and we're a part of it as one big family as we continue to dive in to the things that God is doing. So today, to start off the teaching, I actually have three little stories. Three little stories. They're very little. They're not even that long. But they're three little stories revolving around my nephew Samuel, okay? I have two uh, nephews. You'll see one picture eventually that has both of them. But I want you... I'm going to give you some classwork while you're here, okay? It's not just sitting down and listen to what I'm saying. You have to participate with your mind and be engaged and really think about it. And if you want, you could whisper to the person next to you whatever you feel as though you see with what I'm trying to connect with. The three stories that I have, I want you to pay attention and try to see what are the common behaviors, actions, attitudes that Samuel is displaying during all three stories. They're there, but you have to pay attention. It's like pretty much in the background of what's happening. So here's the, ver the very first story. The first story, I remember clear as day, we were sitting in front of Jen's mom's house in Hillside. And when we were there, all of a sudden, Samuel, there's going to be a picture behind me, um, Samuel was sitting on the block, and Jen and I and her mom, we were just talking. Look how little Samuel is. For those of you that know Samuel, Samuel is much bigger now. This was the very first time we ever, at least Jen and I, ever heard him ask for something. So all of a sudden we're there talking, and he pretty much sat there, and all of a sudden you hear this little voice penetrating through the discussion with Jen's mom and my, uh, myself talking to Jen, and you hear Samuel hitting the block next to him, constantly like this, and he goes, Jen, sit here, sit here. And all of a sudden, you, we're like shocked, because that's the first, how I told you, that's the first time I was so touched by that moment that I literally grabbed my phone, and I was like, stay right there, I gotta take a picture of this. You know what I mean? It's like, don't move. Um, and literally, and Samuel was hitting the block, calling out, asking. And then all of a sudden, when Jen, when I heard it, when Jen's mom heard it, you know, our hearts like melted, the fact that there's this little voice in this little body that just is asking for us, for Jen especially, because she, he loves Jen, to sit next to him. And of course, Jen took the moment and sat right, right next to him. The other story action, actually happened in front of my house. You'll see a picture behind me of Samuel and Gabriel. Um, it's it might be stretched out a little bit, but we were doing a little Easter egg hunt in my yard. So they were playing around, and literally I scattered some Easter eggs, and I put them in different places. On a side note, we have an egg hunt coming up pretty much on the 20th here, the Saturday before Easter. So you don't want to miss that 11 a.m., a little plug-in for that. But we're about to do the Easter egg hunt, and Samuel... Like, pretty much literally just asking, where are they? 
What, what do I have to do? He's like searching and he's seeking. And he is, let me tell you, I, I see like so much like boldness and courage in him because he's willing to go anywhere. There were, there were some that we put on top of the tree I have in front of my house and he was ready to climb the tree if he had to. And he was persistent to the point when I knew that he got all the eggs. He's like, where else could I go? I need to get more eggs, you know, this. And we're like, no, you got them all. We know definitely that's it. But that is a little story that we did in front of my house. So you already have the first one of Samuel in front of Jen's mom's house. This story of the egg hunt. But then there's one more story, and many of the parents could relate to this. It's very simple. But whenever Samuel goes to anyone's house, okay, he literally knocks on the door, rings the doorbell about a thousand times. The picture will be there behind me. And any parent could relate. Whenever any of your, the kids go to a house, whenever they visit our house, literally it's like, dun, 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 like at the same time almost, like knocking, ringing the doorbell. I was like, it's Samuel. We know it's Samuel. You know, it's like it's one of those things that he's so determined to try to get our attention. And in the midst of that, he's definitely there pretty much. I don't even want to say too much because I don't want to give away for you to even think for a moment. What are some of the behaviors and actions and attitudes that you could see Samuel having in all three of those stories? Like, you know, like you could share it with the person next to you. Just share it real quick. Like, what do you see about Samuel? Like, share it with someone next to you. What do you see? What type of attitude, behavior, action does he display? Okay. Real quick. Okay, J just with the person next to you, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. All right, five, four, three, two, one. And if you're watching through the live stream, you could comment your guess too. Pretty much the three major ones that I saw in the three stories is one, Samuel had faith. He had faith because literally when he was sitting, let's say in all the stories, when all of a sudden he was at Jen's mom's house, sitting on the block, when he called out and asked, he really believed he was going to get a response from us. So all of a sudden this little voice, he, he said it. another thing he had, he had boldness. He had boldness for him to call out in the middle of everything. Like, you know what I mean? And to be able to interrupt the conversation that we had, to be able to get across what we, he had to say. And he also had persistence. My boy with his little hand hitting that block as fast and as hard as he can to be able to get our, our attention. And also you would see that too in the egg hunt. In the egg hunt, he had faith that he would be able to find eggs and also that there would be things within the eggs. He, he had boldness and courage to be able to go to places he would normally not go to to be able to find what he was looking for, what he was seeking. And then at the same time, he was persistent. Even when all the eggs were done, he was like, yo, I want more eggs. I was like, go to the kitchen and cook some or something because those are the only eggs I have left. So, so all of a sudden, he was persistent too. And then at the same time, too, we know when he was knocking on the door, he had faith while he's knocking that someone's there. 
Someone's home. Someone's going to answer the door. He, he, he showed boldness because in the midst of that, he could have left his mom or dad to go before him. No, he went straight up to that door and made a lot of noise while making it. And he was persistent. It wasn't enough for him to ring the doorbell once. It wasn't enough for him to ring the doorbell twice. He was willing to ring the doorbell and knock on that door as much as he had to, to be able to receive the answer that he wanted. Many of, many of us know we're in the middle of a new series, well, continuing the series, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're doing this series today. Next week is actually Palm Sunday. We're going to take a little pause because we have a beautiful um, kids play that's going to happen and also a teaching based on the play. And then following that, we have our Easter service and we welcome all of you to come. It's going to be an amazing service where we're trusting God that God's going to move powerfully through the service. And then we're continuing the, ser- um, the series after Easter with the Lord's Prayer where Pastor Diana is going to focus on the Lord's Prayer prayer and break it down for all of us to be able to understand and grow in. So as we continue, I want to remind you this, that when the Sermon of the Mount was happening, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. His disciples were the ones he was targeting that were close to him. Obviously, there was a crowd that would gather around the sides, but the crowd was made up of fans and believers only. But he was really speaking to those that were willing to lay down their lives for him, be a student of his, and be able to follow him wherever he might decide to go. Our key passage for today, one of them, is Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 7. So you could turn there. It'll be behind us in case you don't have a Bible with you. Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For, who, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, I want to remind you how I said there before that he was talking to the disciples. Because even when you look there, and I, I also want to point this out, it's not just asking once or seeking once, uh, like to seek once, or at the same time, too, to knock once. There it talks about a continuous action. So it's like asking, seeking, knocking, just being persistent. And there, just like Samuel, for us to have faith, for us to have boldness, and for us also to have persistence. And here, too, um, something that I want to highlight, that pretty much it was targeted to the disciples. It wasn't targeted to the group. Because when you think about it, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. What do you feel as though people would ask for? There's so, what would you ask for if Jesus all of a sudden turns to you right now and obviously he says this directed to us too, it's like you could ask anything that you would want, let's say, what would you ask for? Now, obviously, we know that it's not anything, 
Because here, how he's targeting, targeting the disciples, the disciples already know that the mission is to advance God's kingdom and also to bring glory to him. So if there's anything that we ask outside of that, it's not asking things according to God's will. And I just want to remind all of us in James chapter 4, verse 3, it says this. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. So I wonder how many times we ask God things, but yet we're asking with the wrong motives. Like here it clearly says even in James chapter 3 is that we may spend what you get on your own pleasures. It's all about us. But Jesus makes it clear that if we ask him, he will answer. But we need to understand that when we ask things that are according to his will, things that are on his heart, things that advance his kingdom, things that bring glory to him, how much would that change, like even in our lives, the way that we ask and do things? You see, with Samuel, something I highlighted, it was that he had faith, he, was, he had boldness, and he had persistence. And I wonder in our own lives, like, do we have faith? Do we have boldness? Do we have persistence? Because Jesus makes it clear, like in the verse that we just said, ask and it'll be given to you. Do we ask in faith? Or do we, when we pray, it's not in faith. We, or do we just pray so we could check it off on our list that we did or pretty much our spiritual action for the day? Or do we truly pray in faith Believing that something is going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, that's something that you need to ask yourself. Also, um, Jesus says, you will seek and you will find. How hard are we really trying to seek after God? You know, do we seek after God equivalent to how hard Samuel wanted to find those Easter egg, eggs during that day? Let me tell you, Samuel was determined to find everything he could find that we had for him. I wonder if we're determined to find everything that we could find in God that God has for us. Or are we content where we are? Because God wants us to seek after him with all of our heart. And then also, too, he tells us, um, to, uh, it says, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. I wonder if we truly knock on the door knowing that God will open, and also being persistent in that as well? Or do we just not even knock? And something just to highlight, even in the sense that there's knocking, there's a wall in the way. There's, there's a barrier in the way. Some of us, when there's barriers in our lives, we just give up praying. We give up knocking. We give up searching. But I wonder if in that moment where you feel so there's a barrier, where there's a wall, there's a door in the way, more than ever before, you need to knock as hard as you can in faith and in boldness. And as hard as you can, you're not just knocking, you're ringing the doorbell. And if for some reason they have one of those ring doorbells with the video camera, you're looking in the camera too. Whatever you got to do to get the attention of the person that's 
inside. Because for us, that's what God wants from us. You know, I'm not the only one that had little stories in the beginning to help us try to understand what God was talking about here. But Jesus himself brought up those same verses in Luke chapter 11, and he started those verses with a little story himself so that we would better understand. You could turn to Luke chapter 11, and starting at verse 5, it says this. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight. Everyone say midnight. How many of you like anyone coming to you at midnight? Okay, just keep that in the back of your mind. And say, friends, at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, if someone comes up to you at midnight, ringing the door or whatever, and says, friends, lend me three loaves of bread. You're like, you're not my friend. You just woke me up. There's no friendship here. Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. Now, this is Jesus giving the story. And I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. How many of you would answer like that? Midnight, okay? Be honest. It's midnight. You're sleeping. Your kids are in bed. And someone comes to your house for some bread, ringing that doorbell, knocking on that door. Some of you will pretend you didn't hear anything. You know, you would just pretend that you didn't hear anything. You know it's true because sometimes when people ring your doorbell during the day, you duck. You're like, yo. It's, it's like you duck like if they're shooting bullets at you. You're like, yo, ¿qué quién es ese? ¿Quién me está tocando el timbre ahora? Este tiempo son las tres de la tarde. You know what I mean? Like it's 3 p.m. Who's, yo, no one's shooting you. No, no, no one's spraying you with bullets. But you're like, man, man they, they could see me. You're ducking. You're at an angle. And you're... Some of us were kings and queens of being able to peek through the blinds. Be like, yo, 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 it's this person. You know what I mean? Like, so don't make it seem like if it's midnight and someone's ringing your doorbell that you're going to be like, hey, bread, not a problem. I'll bake them for you right now. That's not the truth, okay? So all of a sudden, let's just go back. Friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, Okay, and there in some translations, it talks about because of your boldness. And when you think about it, it's because of your faith. When you think about it, it's because of your persistence that you ended up going there. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need, as much as you need. So here this is Jesus giving this story and look, look at what he says afterwards. So I, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For some reason, I feel like we read those verses before in a different place, right? Sermon on the Mount. Here, Jesus, in a different setting, is sharing that story before he shares the same verses. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, Find, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
So here, Jesus is making it clear. It's like you have to have shameless audacity. You need to come before him with faith. You need to come before, before him with boldness. You have to come before him with persistence. And what an invitation that he's given us. He pretty much says, anything we ask, of course, according to his will, will be given to you. You will seek and you will find. And the door that you're knocking, it will be opened. Imagine that promise. That promise is not for everyone. That promise is for the disciples. That promise is for those that are true disciples. It's not just for, uh, it's not for fans. It's not just for those that believe. It's for those that are truly walking according to his will, wanting to advance his kingdom, wanting to be able to bring glory to him. You know what I mean? Those that are abiding in him. For those of you that remember our theme from last year, to abide in him. And for us, throughout this year, or the word for the year is disciple, be one and make one. You know, we don't want to just be fans of Jesus. We don't want to just believe in him. But we want to be able to be true disciples. Now, I, I need to ask you, if I look at your prayer life, does your prayer life look like a fan of Jesus? Does your prayer life look like someone that doesn't even believe in Jesus? Does your prayer life look like, you know what I mean, like, like pretty much you've created a small God, you made God too small in your own eyes, where the things that we pray for, it's just for our food? The things we pray for are little things that, you know, you could probably do on your own. Your faith isn't even stretched. It's like, what are we praying for? And for us, here is the, one of the greatest invitations that you could ever imagine. I mean, many of us, we, we've been invited to different things in our lives. But imagine being, able to, being invited to some of the greatest places and have a red carpet before you, and you're able to walk in and know that you're completely invited and here God is doing that to every single one of us that is a true disciple, someone that truly wants to follow him. God says, look, if you pray with faith, with boldness and persistence, I will give you those things that are according to my will. You will find those things that you're trying to look for. And at the same time, those doors are going to be open for you. I wonder how different our lives would be if we would pray like that. How different. So many of us worry so much. So many of us are so stressed out. So many of us are so quick to critique. So many of us have, are so quick to gossip or slander or whatever it may be. So, so many of us feel completely overwhelmed because of the things in our lives. But have we prayed? Have we prayed in faith? Have we prayed in boldness? Have we been persistent? Knowing that God answers. You heard the story that God said. God himself said, look, you could come to me at midnight. He used that illustration and asking for things and having that shameless audacity, that boldness, 
that you could come to his throne. And many of us know in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. You could turn there. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So there, clearly, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne. How do we come before God when we come praying to him? Do we come boldly? Or do we come feeling as though that we shouldn't even be there? None of us are worthy to be in his presence. But if you've given your life to Jesus and you confess your sins to him and he's cleansed you and, and pretty much washed away your sin because of the sacrifice that Jesus paid and you've believed in that, we're able to come into his throne boldly. And how I said it before, how different would it be? How different would your life be if today you would start and decide, it's like, you know what, Carlos, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't pray. I really don't. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying you're maybe some of you might be saying to me, I just want to get that straight. Because when I said that, someone said, well, I'm going to another church. My pastor doesn't pray. You know, I, I'm pretty much saying what some of you might be saying to yourselves. Just want to clear that up, okay? So some of you might be saying, you know what? I really don't pray. No, I really don't. Some of you might be like, you know what? I, I just pray. I just pray for the food or when things get really bad. You know what I mean? When things get really bad, all of a sudden, I, you start praying in other languages. You, you, you know what I mean? You'll be praying in tongues. You'll be praying in, in Spanish, and you don't even speak Spanish. You know, you're, it's like all of a sudden, when things get bad, you will pray, okay? And some of us might, might say, it's like, you know what? I, I do pray, but it, it's, it's a subtle, gentle prayer. You know what I mean? It's not a prayer in boldness. It's not in prayer in faith. You know, it's not a persistent prayer. But for some of us here, you might say, you know what, Carlos? I do. When I pray, I believe God in faith for miraculous things. Not for things that I could do probably if I orchestrate things. You know what I mean? You have to pray for things that only God could deliver. Okay? If for some reason your prayers are things that man could deliver, your prayers are too small. Okay? You have to pray for the impossible thing, the miraculous things, the things that only literally you would have to step back. It's like God showed up. That's it. That, that would be your response. God himself stepped into the scene and started to walk in the scene and make things happen because there was no way that no man, no circumstances, no, no money, no power, no connections could have made that happen. Only God himself could have made that happen. So I want you to even look at your life. I want you to look at your prayer life. Are your prayers along those lines? Are those prayers along those lines that only God himself could answer those prayers? Because if you're praying for something and your wife could answer it, that's too small of a prayer. If you're praying for something and your husband could just answer it for you, that's too small of a prayer. You know, it has to be something that God himself 
could look down from his throne and say, I will answer what he's asking. I will help him find what he's seeking. And I've been listening to the persistence of the knocking on the door. And I will open a door that no man could shut. And let me tell you something. The day that when God opens a door, I don't care who's against you. I don't care who will stand up against you. I don't care how much they might talk, how many haters you might have. I don't care about the circumstances in your life. If God opens the door and he's standing there on the entryway and he's pointing, he's like, hey, this is where you need to walk. There's nothing, no one that would be able to stop you from going through there, okay? Literally, it's only yourself that can stop it by not having the faith, the boldness, and the persistence. But you could walk through. But think about this. Because through prayer, we have access to the God that has created everything. You have access to the God that could turn heaven and earth upside down if he wants to. You know, you have access to the God that the sun, the moon, and the stars obey to. You have access to the God that if you start praying for your country, God could move things. You might feel like you're not powerful, and we are not powerful in our own right, but through our prayers... We know the one that holds all the power. So all of a sudden, you could pray for things in our country that could change our country. You could pray for things for the state to change the state. You could pray for things in our city to transform our city. You could pray for things in your neighborhood to see the changes you know that need to happen. You could pray for your neighbor. Instead of complaining about your neighbor, criticizing your neighbor, imagine praying that they have an encounter with God. You could pray for your house. Imagine starting to pray in faith, in boldness, and persistence that your children will come back home to God. Imagine praying in faith, boldness, and persistence that your marriage will be restored. Imagine praying with faith, boldness, and persistence that there would be peace in your house. Imagine praying with faith, boldness, and persistence that your whole family will be walking in the will of God. Imagine praying with faith, boldness, and persistence that the healing that you desperately want in your heart would come to pass. Imagine praying with faith, boldness, and persistence that God would deliver you from the addictions and the chains that have been holding you back for so many years. Imagine praying with faith, boldness, and persistence that the God that's able to unfold your destiny and the purpose for your life would start to reveal it to you. He said, you seek, you'll find. You've been looking in all the wrong places. You've been running to the colleges. You've been going on Google. You've been on YouTube. You've been listening to other people. How about listening to the one that created you? How about listening to the one that knows you better than anyone else? How about listening to one that knit you together in your mother's womb and has seen your life? But for us, we need to realize that if we don't pray with faith, boldness, and persistence, 
we might not see what God ever had intended for our lives to have. We might not see it. How I said before, how different would your life be if today you would decide, it's like, you know what? I want to pray in this way. Knowing that I have access to a God that's able to do the impossible, to do the miraculous, is able to move mountains, do things that only he could do. Now, this is the thing I have to say. Just because you're his true disciple and following him in his ways, it doesn't mean that anything you ask he'll do because he's God. You know, he's the one, if it's according to his will, in his timing, he will let it happen. But at the same time, even if we don't hear the response, it doesn't change the fact that we'll continue to ask. It's not going to change the fact that we're going to continue to seek. It's not going to change the fact that we're going to continue to knock. And even if we don't get the responses that we probably know, we trust in his sovereignty that God is sovereign. He's king, and he's over our lives, and for some reason or not, we might not be able to see it with our physical eyes, but we don't live by sight. We live by faith. So it's a completely different thing. But something I want to let you know that Jesus even continues after he says, ask, seek, and knock, in Matthew 7, verse, starting at verse 9, it says this, which of you? If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. And all of us here, we know what a good gift is to give to someone. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So here in this passage, there's three major points I just want to even highlight real quick. And they're going to be behind me. The first one is this. God will never give me anything that's not helpful. He'll never give you anything that's not helpful. He pretty much said, if we ask for bread, he's not going to give us a stone. If we ask for a fish, he's not going to give us a snake. He's going to give us what's going to be helpful. And of course, this is the thing. If we trust God, we know what he gives us is what we needed. And it's helpful for us, okay? Because so many times we we can't overanalyze the way God responds to our prayers because we're human beings that we could quickly say, well, God, this seems like the right answer. This seems like the right door. This seems to be the right response. But God's vantage point is completely different, completely different. I mean, when you think about it, when you see a child all of a sudden asking for certain things that he thinks is toys, If you're walking with your child through Home Depot and he sees a saw and he's like, hey, can I have that? You know what I mean? You're looking at it. He's like, no, you can't have that. But it looks cool. Like your child might feel as though that it's something for them. But God knows it's not helpful for them. So God's not going to answer that prayer. So you would have to trust that his vantage point is different. 
Because this is the thing, too, when you think about it. We walk through this life looking at things through our own eyes. But God sees things while he's sitting on the throne. And the same way when you're on a plane and you look out that window and all of a sudden you see Elizabeth becoming very small in Newark as you keep going up into the sky, it's like the vantage point is completely different than being on the ground. You trust God that the way he's seeing things from on top is completely different. The second point is this. God will only give me what is best for me. What is best for me? That's what he's going to give you. He said, too, it's like if we know how to give good gifts, how much more does God know how to give good gifts? How much more? You know, he's going to give us good gifts And what's best for us, not what we think is best for us, but what he believes is best for us. And we trust him in that. And the third point is this. God wants me to use my gifts to bless others. I don't know if you caught that in the end of those verses. After he says all the ask, seek, and knock, after he shares all of that, and then he shares the passage about the bread and, and the gifts and all that, then he, all of a sudden he says this, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So all of a sudden, God wants me to use my gifts to bless others. The things that God gives you, the answers to our prayers is not for us. It really isn't. It's not just for us to fill our lives with things. It's God answering prayers in our life that's going to advance God's kingdom. It's going to bring glory to him. And whatever he blesses you with, you want to be able to use that to be able to bless others. It's not for us to store up treasures here on this earth. What are we going to do with everything that we collect It's to really bless others and make a difference. You know, I've been talking about faith, boldness, and persistence. When you think about faith, pretty much the major difference, the opposite of faith is doubt. And a lot of times we don't step out in faith because we have doubt in our hearts. We don't step out in faith praying to the God that could do the miraculous, the impossible, Because deep in our hearts, we doubt it. So many times we might doubt, it's like, that's not going to happen. But God is calling us to step out in faith. And that's a decision that you need to do. To be able to, whenever you have those thoughts of doubt, not to entertain them. To kill those thoughts of doubt and trust the God that holds everything in the palm of his hands. So I wonder how many of us, Even now, we struggle with doubt, and you need to make that decision to trust him and step out in faith like never before. And also, we talked about boldness. A lot of times, we're not bold and step out in boldness because of fear. We're afraid what other people would say. We're afraid what other people would do. You know, sometimes we we might be afraid of what God would say, what God would do. Because you don't know how God's going to respond when we start believing and praying in this way. 
But fear could cripple the destiny that's within you that needs to be birthed and be, be able to come out and you, you're called to live it out. But some of us, we're afraid to the very thing that God's calling us to do. But God's calling us to be bold and persistence. Some of us, the opposite of persistence is being indifferent. Pretty much lack of concern. It's just kind of like, hey, I don't really uh, care. Why aren't we persistent chasing after God? Why aren't we persistent believing in him and trusting him and having faith and boldness? Because indifference is something that could completely kill your spiritual walk. Because if you go through life, it's like, hey, it really doesn't matter. I don't need to pray. Like nothing's going to really happen. And if you walk through life just feeling as though that you're not even concerned about it, those are things that could definitely, in so many different ways, keep you in a place that God doesn't want you to be at. So I want you to even to think about your own life. Like even when you look at your life right now, where are you with your prayer life? Because this is the thing. It's not just the fact that this is the way we approach God in faith and boldness and persistence. When we display those behaviors and attitudes and actions, that comes out in our own life, in all the different things that we do. I, many of you might remember that I, I shared this story actually not too long ago. I shared a story of pretty much when I first started to get to know God in the beginning. I wasn't raised in church, but I shared how I used to work in Food Town on Newark Avenue where Foreman Mills was, at, where Foreman Mills is. And I was working in the cashier, and pretty much there, there was a young man that loved God with all of his heart. And he knew God. And this young man would, I know for a fact, he would pray for me in faith. And he would pray in boldness. And he was also persistent to God that I would come to know him. And not only that, but how I told you is that when all of a sudden that attitude, that behavior and those actions pretty much consume you in the way you approach God, that's the way you will start living out God's will to glorify him in every way you can. Because this young man didn't just display those behaviors when it came to God. This person also displayed it when it came to me. Because he had faith also that I would respond one day to it when he would approach me. He had boldness to approach me. Because many times when I was on the register and he was on the register in another place, he would l write little Bible verses um, and leave them on the register for me to be able to see it. Think about the boldness that you need to have to be able to step up to an area that you don't really, you know, it's not your area, and leave a Bible verse there for me to be able to see it. And then he would walk away. But not only was he bold, he was also persistent because I think I might have mentioned to you too because what I would do with that Bible verse, I would look at him and grab that Bible verse and I would crumble it up in front of him. 
and I would throw it in the garbage can underneath my cash register. But you'd think he would quit. You would think he would stop. He wouldn't stop. Next day, he would come by, all of a sudden, another Bible verse on my cash register. I was like, this guy is so persistent. And literally, I would see these verses, and even though I w- it didn't seem like I was accepting it and responding, one day he invited me to come to church. And let me tell you, he was persistent because back then it was Carlito's way, okay? It wasn't Jesus' way. It was Carlito's way. And he was persistent. And he invited me to church, and he invited me again to church after I went once. And on the third visit when I went to church, I was sitting in the front row and I gave my heart to God when the pastor invited me forward. And my life has never been the same since that day. And I wanted to share this story again today just because the person that introduced me to Jesus is actually visiting here today. And Juan Comenzana is here. And I'm going to go down and give Juan a little hug. Thank you for having faith. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for being persistent. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a man of prayer. Someone that prayed in faith in boldness and persistence, and also did everything he can to see God's will be done on this earth. So I want to let you know that even now, as we're closing this service, if you're willing to commit to change your prayer life or even bring it to the next level, you might feel as though that your prayer life is good. Bring it to a higher level. To pray prayers that only God could answer. To pray with boldness. To pray with persistence. To pray with faith. I'm going to ask you to come forward. Because I know that God, if you ask him, if you ask him, you will receive. If you seek after him, you will find. If you knock on the door, he will open. And we talked about the example of Samuel, asking, seeking, and also knocking. God wants that for each one of our lives. How different would your life be if today you decided to be a disciple that truly chases after God above all else? Above all else. How different would your life be if you decide to pray and trust him and ask him for the impossible, seek him for the things you've been seeking after, and also knocking on doors that only God could open? How different would your life be? One of the biggest mistakes we do is to settle for where we're at. We become lukewarm. We're not neither hot or cold for God. We're lukewarm. And if you read the book of Revelations, God doesn't like lukewarm Christianity. He'd rather you be hot or cold, but don't be in the middle. Don't be indifferent. Don't pretend that things are okay when they're not. Commit everything to God. And as everyone that's here, I want you to close your eyes. Focus on God. 
And I want you to surrender your heart to him. And at, during this time period, this is your heart crying out for God to transform you. And also you committing to him to have that prayer life in your life. That you're going to set aside that time every day now. Set aside that time praying, believing, and also knowing that he's going to move. So right now, this is your time to talk with him. And even if you're still sitting in your seats, close your eyes, talk to God, ask him to reveal himself to you more than ever before. Father God, even now as we close this service, if everyone could stand in the theater. Father God, we lift our hands and surrender. We surrender our lives to you, God. We don't want to be fans. We don't want to just believe, but we want to be true disciples, God. God, we just pray that you would transform, Lord God, our prayer life, Lord God. God, today we commit ourselves, God, to pray like never before. God, that we would pray in faith, God. We're going to be believing in things probably that we never believed in before, God. That we would pray in faith, that we would pray with boldness, God. God, we also, Lord God, we're going to pray with persistence, God. God, forgive us for our prayerlessness. Forgive us for our indifference. Forgive us for just going through life as if we're on cruise control without keeping you at the center, at the very front, God. God, you've given us the greatest invitation, God. You said to ask and we will receive, to seek and we will find, to knock and the door will be open. Forgive us, God, for neglecting this invitation, God. God, that we would know, God, that you have given us that red carpet. It might not be to different places in this world. You've given us the red carpet into your throne room. That we're able to walk in in boldness, believing you for, for the impossible, God. So God, right now, God, we just commit ourselves to you. We commit that we will pray like never before. We, will, we commit, God, that we're going to set aside the time, God. And we give you permission to transform our hearts. Take out anything that doesn't belong, Lord God. Rip apart anything that's not of yours, God. Tear down any strongholds, any mindsets that are not of yours. God, we want to give you everything. Because what is life if we don't live it for you? What is life if we don't fulfill our destiny in your will? God, we give you everything because we want our every breath for the rest of our lives to be following you. When we get to the point where we breathe our last and we look back in our lives, we would know that we committed everything to you and that it was worth every second following after our rabbi, following after our king, following after our master. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said amen. God bless you. Show some, someone some love. Give someone a hug.